0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Well, hi, everybody. And today happens to be White Cane Safety Day. And I know that it's become so much more, you know, uh, employment discipline. What is it? Employment Disability Awareness Month and, uh, you know, so many other things. But October 15th has been White Cane Safety Day for many years. And we thought it'd be nice for us to really give some conversation to what the White Cane means to us. And really, White Cane Day does not just celebrate uh, the actual... Uh, proverbial stick, right? <laughs> it's so much more than that. It, it really is celebrating our independence to uh, mobility, getting around independently. And it also celebrates our working, uh, all of our, our mobility aids that we use, which also means, of course, our working uh, dog guides. And so Tonight, I invited, uh, representatives from, uh, ACB students. uh, I'm going to mess it up. Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. I think I got that right. You did. Uh, Good. Guide Dog Users Incorporated and, uh, Council on Citizens with Low Vision International, but I don't believe anybody is here from CCLVI. So if they do show up, please, if you are here from CCLVI, CCLVI raise your hand. Um, so let's kick this off. Uh, I am wondering, let's start off with, let's start off with men. Um, so my first question to all of you is, what are the greatest challenges when it comes to mobility, faced by the population in your affiliate. So Min, why don't you give that one a shot first?
2: Where sure. I always like to be first. like <laughs> um, <laughs> me on the hot seat.
1: I know, but you can handle it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think one of the biggest challenges um, that I've seen, I think for students is Kind of the lack of mobility training, honestly, that is happening in the public school system. Um, I know there, you know, in in some areas, uh, resources are really lacking. So students are not getting the mobility training with a cane that they need to prepare them for the greater world. You know, whether that's going off to college Um, to a vocational school or straight into employment. Um, I think a lot of students are really struggling to be able to integrate into the larger society if they don't have those good cane skills. Um, And that also prevents them from, you know, getting a guide dog if they want to. Sure. Um, So I think that's one of the biggest challenge for students. And also just if they do go off to college being able to navigate a large campus um, with students who may not be so aware of what the White King means or what the guide dog means. Um, and so I think the disability services and colleges in general can be a lot more um, proactive in raising that awareness so that blind students can feel more comfortable traveling on their university campuses. Sure. That's good.
1: You know, I mean, it's not good, but yes, I agree with you because even when I worked in the school district for many years and, you know, kids got once a week mobility, O&M, <laughs> it, it, that was good. Uh, sometimes it was every other week. And then if a student was out sick or the person, the, the teacher was sick, you know, it could be a month before a student saw an O&M instructor. And that's yeah, just not right. good at all, yeah.
2: And if you're a low vision student, that's even more rare. You know, yes. they say like, you have some vision, you don't yeah, need it. So yes, you vision. don't
1: need it, yeah. yeah. Of course, we know that's not true. So.
2: Right. All
1: right, thank you, Min. Very good. Uh, why don't we go to the other spectrum, Peggy? How about you talk about uh, what are the challenges faced by people that are older when it comes to mobility? And, yeah.
0: Actually... That can be similar to people who are older because as people lose their sight later in life, not knowing where to go, not even knowing where to turn to get mobility training, uh, in some areas, even the lack because of funding, uh, there is there is an older blind program that provides mobility training in many areas. but because of low funding, it's not available to many people, and especially those who are living in more rural areas. It's, it's very difficult for, for them to obtain that training. And then, of course, there is the fear of, of for people who've seen all of their lives and then to suddenly lose their sight, uh, even with the mobility training, there is sometimes a lack of confidence uh, using a cane, is that cane really going to get me where I, I need to go? So they need a little bit more training than say a younger person who's more agile and more likely to, uh, like a student who's running around campus every day, uh, out doing things, They're, That that is really a challenge. Uh, in addition to that, of course, is always transportation. That is a big issue. Um, depending on where the person is and if they're within a mile or so of public transportation, uh, that can be an issue uh, because in a lot of areas, if they're within that area, that space of a, of a mile or so, they're not eligible to even get the paratransit services. So transportation, mobility, uh, and then, of course, just a simple adjusting to, to the blindness uh, creates a real... A, a block for some people to, uh, to to become independent after they've lost their sign. Sure, we can put our own barriers
1: out there too, right? I mean, sometimes it's the mental, yep, the mental mm-hmm. piece, which is uh, equally challenging. So thank you, Peggy. All right, Sarah, what about for guide dog handlers?
3: Do okay, well, thank you for having, uh, yeah. holding this discussion again. And with guide dog users, and it's uh, as far as uh, some difficulties. It, I know transportation is is a big problem, and um, a lot of the guide dog teams they will have to call Uber or Lyft or, or or taxi service in their area, and a lot of times, and this is unfortunately, it's it's, it's Happens quite a bit where somebody uh, schedules a ride and then the car starts to pull up and then they see the dog and they cancel the driver and then the driver cancels the ride and then they, they leave. And um, that does happen quite a bit. Short and denials, yeah. Yeah. And, and some people, and I know several people that have done this, where they will schedule. A, a pick up a, a ride, but they'll do it early enough so if they get denied one way or the other, they still have time to, um, you know, contact Uber or whatever and schedule another ride. And um, so that, that's really difficult. And um, so some people might arrive uh, quite early to their appointment or wherever they're going to work, school, whatever, or they might be late. So it's just that, um, that unpredictability of the rides, um, the public transportation as far as Uber and Lyft and, uh, taxis. And Mm -hmm. so, um, but that's, that's, that's kind of the biggest obstacle,
1: It it definitely is. I know I have encountered many uh, times being denied uh, with my guide dog. Uh, I got pretty good at taking pictures and video, uh, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. But you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Mm -hmm. So the next question I'm going to ask each of you. This is more. From your personal perspective and um, it is what are ways you feel most independent when navigating your community and Peggy we'll start with you.
0: You know I feel more comfortable when I'm in familiar areas that I'm pretty familiar with. Um, I kind of have a pattern of places that I will go independently. There are certain places that I will only go when I'm with a person, another person doesn't necessarily have to be a totally sighted person, but that I'm just not, I, I'm not at ease uh, uh-huh. going by myself. Uh, I have certain stores that I am familiar with. I can almost tell the, the person who's helping me where things are located in the store As long as they don't move things, some stores seem to make (laughs) a habit of you go today and you go two days later and they've moved it three hours away or put it on an end cap or something. But uh, uh, traveling sidewalks in unfamiliar areas is something that uh, creates a little bit of unease and discomfort for me when I'm not familiar with that particular sidewalk. I've had some bad experiences uh, in that area, but when I'm in my co- I'm in my comfort zone for the most part. When I go the places that I, I travel frequently, I have specific malls that I feel comfortable going alone, grocery stores, uh, pharmacies, uh, even patterns that I would take in my neighborhood. If I'm going to walk, there's are certain areas that I feel more comfortable walking uh, uh, independently as opposed to being with someone else. So it's it's just a matter of. Uh, Even with transportation, uh, I have come to the point now where I will use Uber and I will use Lyft. In the beginning, I was kind of, I'm not sure about that. But, uh, you know, I had to learn to get at ease with that. And I've had some really great drivers who actually got now to assist me to doors or meet me at the door when I'm leaving a location. So I I just try to figure out places that I can go independently and and travel to those places uh on a frequent basis that i kind of know my way yes a
1: familiarity is is comforting Mm yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. all right sarah what are ways you feel most independent when navigating your community
3: well uh, a kind, uh, kind of the same along the same line as uh peggy and when i'm in a familiar area um whether it be in my neighborhood Or the stores I go to Or uh, doctor visits Places like that, that That I'm familiar with And so I I know that I walk down So far And then I turn tell my dog left or right And and I, I'm just I feel more confident And I walk With confidence And Um I'm really kind of in tune with my dog when I'm real comfortable, because when I go into unfamiliar areas or crossing a new street with a new light or whatever the traffic uh, situation is, um, it's like my senses. All my senses are on alert, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't walk as as uh, as fast and I'm more careful I kind of uh, uh, walk a bit slower because I'm not familiar but um, it's it's it can be a little nerve-wracking sometimes but when you're able to um, uh, reach your goal, and not get lost too bad, it's such a great feeling. It's like, you know, it it's is you, yeah. it's you accomplished it. And even if you get lost, it's like, well, and then you find your way. That's okay. But sure. Um, yeah, that's okay. That's Thank
1: you, Sarah. All right, Min, I didn't go to you first that time.
2: I know. See? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Give people opportunities. Right? Yeah. Um, so I travel with a guide dog and I feel like, Working with her has given me all the confidence and the independence in the world that I never used to have with my cane. Um, I just I had a lot of travel anxiety using a cane, and I think it was more me not, you know, like trusting myself um, and my abilities. But working with her is such a joy, um, and I live in a big city with a really great public transportation system. Um, well. Bostonians don't think it's a p- great public transportation system, but mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to other places, it's really good. Um, and it's really awesome to just be able to hop on, you know, the subway or the bus with her and go any place that I want to. Um, and it's a sense of freedom that I really cherish um, because you know I, I use sure, Uber I and I did. use Lyft also, but being able to walk places with her using my phone with Google maps and Blind Square and other mm. GPS apps and just go exploring. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and definitely, you know, going to familiar places is comforting, but I do like going to unfamiliar areas and doing that exploration. Um, and, you know, I've been doing a lot of hiking with her also and that's, been a lot of fun um hiking during the pandemic has been very um it's been a great way to de-stress and you know get outdoors um so yeah like I think we all yeah yeah so I think I, I
1: have another question I want to ask you ladies but I want to see if there's anybody that would like to share um what has either uh been a barrier for them to independence or when do they feel independent in their community and uh, Nat, do you want to explain how to raise their hands and
4: then sure see if anybody
1: wants to contribute?
4: Yeah, sure thing. So if you are using a PC, it's Alt-Y. If you are using a Mac, it's Options-Y. If you called in using a telephone keypad, it's Star-9. And if you're using the Zoom app, it's that nifty raise hand button. And we do have raised hands. Okay. All right. All right. Phil, you should be able to unmute. Well, hi there, Phil.
5: Good evening to you, and good evening to everybody. This is great. I'll tell you, you know, the cane, having that cane and bringing you independence is so meaningful. I, um, a number of years ago at a camp I went to for a number of years, um, uh, I took my cane for the first time. I've uh, been taking a lot of mobility. And um, for a few days, I relied pretty much on sighted guys. But I said, okay, tonight I'm going to debut my cane to everybody. And I'm not, when I did that, I walked out. And these uh, we had our sighted buddies there with us. And they, they were like, man, that is the way to be. When they saw me with the cane, and I want to tell you, Moving when you're in a crowd of people is just so much better, so much better. And I was able to use public transportation real well because of the cane. And I went to big Georgia State University in downtown Atlanta, and that place is big, 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 big. And plenty of buildings and and, and a lot of traffic. And I can tell you sometimes that cane was a real lifesaver, too. (laughs) And some com- some close calls if you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Phil, so much for contributing tonight.
4: Appreciate you. All right. Anybody else, Nat? Yes, we do. Okay. Wesley, you should be able to unmute. Well, hi there, Wes.
6: Hey, you know, Cindy and the rest of the gang back, you know, inside of there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is Wes and I live in the one beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, uh, protest central right now. But I say my biggest challenge when it comes to my mobilities is in situations where I have to get have to beg for rides from somebody. It's like my situation that's my most challenge is that I there's a church uh, the church my church that I go to, the bus stop is like over three and a half miles from the church and to try to get a ride with somebody. I had a regular ride once with one of the pastors there, but that pastor, you know, had some issues in his life, had to move off to another church. But since then the church started doing this uh, multi-site, multi-campus arrangements, of course, no campus nearby me, would spread their staff then, and they cannot provide me with a pastoral staff, that is, to give me a ride to and from the bus stop. And and of course, you know, it's like trying to find one from one of the congregation members, it's like trying to find the right tooth to pull to get to get the ride. And that's my big. Sure. Thing. Yeah. And things my church said, oh, just get an Uber or a Lyft, which is good. But being part of that 85% of blind people that don't work, I just kind of blow 10 or $20 each direction, you know, to go somewhere when they want to go somewhere. So,
1: so one of the things that I could think of, just, and then we're going to move on, but um, I don't know if you're uh if your church has a facebook group or a newsletter maybe seeing if you could get something posted in there sharing the area that you live and seeing if you could work out uh transportation that way sometimes we don't reach out to the right we don't get the message to the right people that could help us so just something to think about thank you for uh being here wes and do we have anybody else, Nat? We do not. I
4: think I heard. Uh, yep, oh, yep. I say dance. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. All right. Terry, you should be able to unmute. Terry. Terry Suarez. Hi, everyone. Happy White Cane
7: Day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hi there, hopefully, my friend. Hopefully everyone is enjoying their White Cane coffee. Um. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> So, um, I just want to say... I, I think have I'm been... going to go and enjoy my white enjoy my white cane wine. <laughs> I know, right? I'm with you, Cindy, a nice red. What do you like? Uh,
1: okay. I, yeah. I, I'm kind of on the sweeter side there. So,
7: <laughs> <laughs> so um, I experienced um, writing Lyft since January of 2019. And so, I've been writing it for about a mu- uh, year. And then with my service dog and had never had a problem. I had angels as drivers. And so a couple of weeks ago, um, I experienced simultaneously back to back in the same day, two Lyft drivers that just drove off, Mm. yelling, we don't do dogs. So my question is, is if we continuously have this issue and there is clearly a policy stated on the Lyft app, why can't they designate our profile so that when the driver goes to pick, they're going to pick us up, that it indicates that we have a dog so we can, you know, miss the step of denying us?
1: Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try my hand at this a little bit, but maybe Sarah has some uh, input on this. Um, you know, one, you can choose to write a message to your driver. I did that. Get to you. I Um, did that. Okay, so that's that's one way. Um, I personally don't. I I don't want to be profiled that I have a dog. I want to get a ride from the person nearest to me. So, if I have to wait till somebody's willing to pick me up, then I could be waiting a lot longer than other people because there might be drivers that, if they have choice, they're not going to choose to pick me up. Right. So. I think that that's, that would be the downfall of of doing it, you know what I mean, that way. Um, I don't know that that's right or wrong. I'm just telling you that, that, you know, those are my thoughts on it. I don't
3: know, Sarah, do you have any I- ideas on that? Um, well, I I, I agree with you and a lot of people do feel that way that they should not have to um let the uh the driver know ahead of time that they have a guide dog um we because they are allowed in um in the taxis and drivers ubers and stuff we shouldn't have to you know point that out to them it just should be um uh, just like a normal ride for anybody, and um, and like you said, and if some people they they will just say no no no, and they'll just not pick up the uh, pick you up or take your uh, call because they know you have a dog, and uh, it, it's it's a, it's a tough situation. Uh, yeah, it's
7: well just it's to weird. let you guys know that it is very clearly stated on the Lyft mm-hmm. app that it is yeah. is g- against. Company policy, Oh, no doubt about it. Yes. And yeah. you call the number and those drivers are terminated. They're no longer allowed to be Lyft drivers. And I am in the process of working with Disability Rights of Florida. Um, and we are proceeding forward um, with an investigation further because I am learning that it's just continuing, even though there's been mm-hmm. legislation, I mean, um, judicial proceedings against Lyft and Uber. So I don't know. I, It's just disgusting.
1: It is. And it's very frustrating mm-hmm. and it's demeaning and, um, mm-hmm. you know, all of that, right? So thank you, Terry. That's definitely a barrier. I heard another hand go
4: up. We ha- <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Connie, you should be able to unmute. Hi, Connie. Oh,
3: okay. There can you, you hear are. me now? Yes, we can. I was having trouble finding
8: that unmute button. Um, so let's see. The questions were: What are the biggest challenges?
1: Yeah, and, and, then, and or what? What? Um, what are ways you feel most independent when uh, navigating your community?
8: Okay. I think the biggest challenge, the biggest challenge, like most people, is the transportation barrier, um, especially right now. Um, I use paratransit, Uber, Lyft usually, um, and Uber and Lyft is in Sacramento is really weird right now. You get on the app, and the fare keeps changing, and you have to agree or disagree in about five seconds. Oh yeah. And that would stress uh-huh. me. <laughs> so I have been avoiding Uber mm-hmm. and Lyft lately. Um, I usually feel very comfortable taking it, but lately I just have been avoiding it. So I've been primarily using paratransit. Um, the other challenge I have, because I'm an older adult, I went from low vision to blindness. The uh, The big challenge I I would say is crossing streets because I tend to veer and taking buses. I mean, that's just really challenging to me right now as an older adult because I have a, you know I have osteoporosis so I'm prone to fractures and I have fallen and I have fractured my foot twice. So that is mm-hmm. um, a very valid concern. <laughs> um, the way I feel most independent is like what Peggy said is when I'm in familiar environments like um, when I was at work um, I just recently retired from my teaching job but I worked at a small school, and um, I was so familiar with it that I could walk around the school without a cane. However, sometimes there were custodial carts in the way, and you never knew what was in the way, so I, I didn't want to <laughs> take the mm-hmm. risk. And uh, most of the students knew that I couldn't see, so they'd run ahead of me and open doors, and you know, <laughs> they're really sweet. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, my church was pretty it, um, is pretty familiar, so I, I can walk around there. And, of course, my house. My house is very familiar, so... Um, if, if I'm in an unfamiliar environment, I tend to use sighted guide more, or if I use a cane, um, I'm not afraid to ask for help. I used to be afraid to ask for help, but one of the biggest things my O&M instructor said to me was, ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So yep. Sometimes we think that story. asking
1: for help makes us less independent, but really, I mean, we are not in, a, our society is codependent, right? We depend on each other all of the time. That's so right. That's, we shouldn't mm-hmm. feel bad if we have to. So. And even sighted yeah. people ask for help. Absolutely, and they, get they do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interdependence. Yeah. Interdependence. Thank yes. you, man. Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Interdependence. That's what I meant. Mm -hmm. Anyway, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Connie. Anybody else? We do not have any more hands. All right. So Mm -hmm. now I would like to ask you ladies, I want to see, I'm going to just open this to you and whoever would like to go first can. Uh, What advice can you give to those who are facing barriers and challenges to greater independence? Does anybody want to tackle that one? Anybody have advice they'd like to give? This Sarah. Go for it, Sarah.
3: Okay, well, um, uh, you know, the first thing t- is, is get as much information as you can about your situation, blindness, things like that. And of course, um, don't be afraid to ask for help and learn new things. Um, so much, we've got so much uh, electronic uh, devices And it makes it uh, communicating And uh, uh, like Min said, the GPS um, So much easier So uh, don't be afraid to learn And one thing I would like to mention Because it was talking about mobility and cane skills And some uh, lack of training, and I'm I'm not plugging, but um, Leader Dogs is in Michigan. Um, They do offer uh, an O&M class um, at no charge. You don't have to be a Leader Dog graduate or a client or even anticipating to apply for a guide dog at Leader. Um, And it's a week long, and I went... Last year, just to brush up on my O and M skills, and it was terrific. I learned more things, and crossing streets, um, just uh, just learning more on how good a cane can help. Even though my um, my mode of transportation it was is a guide dog as far as walking, but um, so that's just something to keep in mind. But okay. Thank you, Sarah. Does anybody else want?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Peggy. Uh huh. So, kind of piggybacking a little bit on on the technology piece for people in in my group, um, one of the issues can be while technology can be an asset, it can also be a hindrance to some people because they fear the technology they're not used to it. It's a it's a challenge to them. Mm-hmm. And what I encourage people to do is just shake the fear and give it a try. I mean, mm-hmm. I am not a tech person. I am a people person. I prefer to call and talk to people as opposed to texting. Uh, I'm kind of used to sending emails. But if I don't get a, quick enough answer, I will pick up the phone and call. Um, Because a a lot of times, I would just prefer to speak to the person. But I do encourage people to get past the fear, work past the fear, whether it's traveling independently. And it's not easy. I've been there. I've done it. I know. And even now, sometimes I have times when I feel really challenged about things that I haven't done before. But try it. Know what your strengths are. Know what your weaknesses are. Figure out why you feel afraid of it. And until you can figure out what the fear is, you can't overcome it. But figure out why you're afraid to walk down that sidewalk or why you're afraid to turn on that computer or try out that iPhone. Uh, first of all, it's not going to bite. And my, my philosophy is if it doesn't work, turn it off and start off again. <laughs> But really and truly, my my advice is to tell people to investigate, to find out what resources are available to you, make a list of those resources, figure out which ones can benefit you, and just follow up. Don't take no for an answer. If you call and you don't get a response, keep calling until you get a response. And if it's not the one you want, don't stop there. Keep trying. Because it's, it's... intimidating. It's, uh, it's a life change for people who have had some or all of their sight most of their lives and then to lose it. Uh, it's, a, it's a traumatic change for, for people. And so, like I said, find out what resources are available. Uh, just investigate, investigate, try things. And, and the main thing is to figure out why it intimidates you and figure out ways to get around that intimidation because the more independence you have, the better your life is, and and the more you feel, the better you feel about yourself. But by those same turns, as as everybody has said, don't hesitate to ask for help. Uh, if whether it's in a store, whether it's just using your technology, whether it's cooking a meal, whatever it is, there is always someone else. Probably a lot of folks out there who are feeling the same intimidation and. Uh, lack of self-confidence that you're feeling. And when you get in those groups, when you find out, get with folks who are going through the same thing that you're going through, it builds your self-confidence and it gets to a point where you don't mind asking for help. You don't mind asking those questions. And in the beginning, you feel a little, you know, a little inferior. I, I don't really want to ask it, but I can guarantee you that if you have that question, there's always somebody else who's feeling the same way. So be the brave one, step up, get those resources, ask those questions, and you'd be surprised at how much more independent and self-confident you'll feel.
2: All right. Min, do you have anything to add? Yes. Um, I really like what both Sarah and Peggy said with utilizing your resources. Um, I think it also it also helps um, if you have a community. And I think that's where the ACB community calls have been so invaluable to a lot of people as it gives people this, um, you know, forum of other people who may be going through similar challenges and they can talk about them. Um, and when you, you know, it doesn't have to be one of our community calls. It can be a local support group. Um, you can find those in a lot of, you know, different rehabilitation centers, state um, commissions will Hold peer support groups um and you know just going there and talking to people so you can build up that confidence and hear from other people who have gone through the same things and maybe are in a um you know better place and they can share tips and things that have worked for them because sometimes you don't yeah, I feel like people don't know what they don't know, because they they might not know about the leader dog program that Sarah was talking about. Um, I know Guide Dogs for the Blind has something similar. So using your community and using your contacts um, can be a great way to learn about those resources, so that you can you know get the training and get the support that you need in order to feel more confident in your traveling. All
1: right. Very good, and I was, I knew that Guide Dogs also had a program. I couldn't remember what it was called or anything, but um, that's awesome. Uh, I would like to now open it up again to our audience, and this is your question. Tell us any kind of maybe uh, a story We did this earlier today in our uh, social, people shared memories, but do you have a funny story about either your cane or your dog or a moment where you (laughs) just really felt uh, independent uh, beyond measure? You know, there's always that moment, right? Where something happens. So uh, if anybody would like to share first from our panel and then we'll also take raised hands. So if anybody in the audience would like to share a story, we'd love to hear it. So, anybody want to share here on the panel? If not, we'll go to the uh, our attendees.
3: Okay, you talk about funny stories about either
1: funny stories or moments where you really felt independent. Just any kind of a cane or dog story that you'd like to share. Of course, keep it brief, but yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I have one, but it's it's I, I didn't really end up feeling. Independent, but it gave me a, a, a new direction of looking at things. When I first came home with my first guide dog Tico, I was so anxious to get out and do it by myself. No instructor around; just it was me and my dog, you know, at at uh, at home. Long story short, we took a walk. We ended up going down a street I didn't even know existed, and I got stuck in a cul-de-sac, and then. <laughs> And I wasn't listening to my dog. I wasn't listening to Tico. He was, you know, to take me back out and around. And uh, pretty soon Jeff comes driving down with the car and rescued us. But,
1: (laughs) you know, sometimes panic sets in right before we think things through a little bit. Right.
3: All right. I should have listened to him more. And that
1: kind of taught me there. But yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Sarah nat who do we have first
4: okay sure um all right and if we have time and nat, to you're happy and, to
1: share too. i mean yes, i love so you I was to gonna... share
4: <laughs> <laughs> you can even go first oh okay awesome yay i didn't get to share this story this morning um but when i had when i first got my guide dog dotson two years ago we were they were very nervous because he had been previously returned and It was very like, you know, they're all nervous, but I was obviously in love with this dog. And we did our traffic checks, which happens during the second week of class. And when the car came like out behind us, Dodson took off like a speeding bullet and he did so well and you could tell that he knew he did so well because he did his little happy dance and it was like jumping up and down it was just like he just lost his mind he was so proud of himself you know it would have been great if we weren't still in the street but he was just so happy i cannot (laughs) burst his bubble
1: (laughs) Oh, oh that's funny all right who do we have
4: next Melanie you should be able to unmute Hi Melanie
8: Yeah um, When
3: I got my um, I had my cane for a while And um, I was at church And every time I needed to go to the bathroom I had to ask somebody for help Once I learned How to get to the bathroom By myself with my cane And the first time I was able to go to the bathroom by myself I was, It was so cool because then I could just simply say to somebody, I'll be right back. I'm going to use the restroom. I didn't need anyone to go with me. No one, you know. Yep. Needed to. So that was a really great time for me. Isn't
1: that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. That feeling is, it's like euphoric, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's just great. To, just to be able to go to the bathroom by myself. Yeah.
4: yeah. So. Thanks for sharing, Melanie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see. Terry? Okay, so
7: whenever you come to Florida, you want to go to this place called Hurricanes. They have like the best wings. But on Friday and Saturday nights, they have live music. And as most of you may or may not know, I only recently lost my vision three years ago. And I love to dance. So my girlfriends picked me up and we went out for the first time since I had lost my vision to go have some wings. Well, they had all forgotten about the live music. So imagine a Latin girl dancing with her white can and her service dog. I (laughs) had so much fun and people were
5: clapping
7: and I had drinks free for the rest of the night. So so, totally love my cane. When I go dancing, it's my partner. And then, duke was just dancing around me just having a good time because mom was having a good time so yeah so that's how i am like pain all right thanks everybody for
4: sharing thanks, terry he's Terry. i like that that's really fun um let's see all right connie hi connie again hey i'm back <laughs>
8: yes welcome okay. back thank you so when i lost my sight i went to the orientation center for the blind in albany california it's a rehab center for people to learn skills to cope with their blindness like living skills cooking orientation mobility technology and i really wanted to hit the mobility because that was my weakest area so i got some intense orientation and mobility instruction but i also have in addition to my blindness i have a neurological condition which i will not go into but i told the OM instructor do not do drop-offs because stress just aggravates my neurological condition so no drop-offs and he went okay well at the end of one of my mobility lessons he said he we got to the we got to the corner where Pete's coffee was and the school is like down the street from Pete's coffee you know Pete's coffee's on the corner and then the school is down the street so he said well I need to run an errand at El Cerrito shopping Center so see ya I was like, oh my God, he's, he's doing a drop off. So I said, okay, well, I can do this. I can do this. I've, I've been back and forth from the school to different parts of this neighborhood. I can do this. So I turned left, walked down the street, but unfortunately there was a truck idling in the driveway. And what I should have done was either waited until the truck left or asked for sighted assistance because it masked all the sounds. So I walked past the truck but the problem was I passed the school and got sucked into, there, people warned me that there was this fan that came from the car wash and they said, don't get sucked in by it. And I headed straight towards the car wash and got sucked in and thought I was at the school. And this guy saw me getting lost and he said "You he need help, but he didn't speak much English, so he wasn't much help. And and then a friend of mine from the school saw me getting lost, but she was at the bus stop and she had to she had to catch the bus. So she called the school, talked to the secretary of the office. Connie's um, lost in the car wash, but I can't go. I can't go rescue her because I have to catch my bus. So the secretary said, oh, okay, I'm on it. And then my I guess the secretary called my no, that same friend called my roommate, too. So my roommate came out to try to find me <laughs> and then they sent one of the mobility instructors out to find me and, and she found me and um, she helped me back to the school. And I was, I said to the rest of the students who were sitting on the bench there, I thought I was going to have to spend the night at the car wash.
1: Well, I was so thinking then, you are going to get a shower. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
8: so the next day I'll have oh, to tell no. you this, this is the good part. The next day, I decided I would skip gym class and walk to Pete's coffee by myself. And, For you. and I just recently lost my sight. So, and they had this pathway called the snake walk. And the reason we called it the snake walk is because it wasn't a straight path. It it zigzagged and curved all over the place. And then it led out to the main street. So I, told, I, I texted all the mobility instructors telling them, i'm going there by, by myself I, but i just wanted to let them know just in case i really got lost and one of the mobility instructors said well what about gym class and i said excuse me i just lost my sight and i'm making an effort to get somewhere by myself and you're worried about whether or not i'm going to go to gym class today? <laughs> i said no I'm, I'm going to pete's coffee today i'll see you tomorrow I'll let you know how it goes so I made it all the way all the way to Pete's Coffee. You can tell by the, you know, the way the coffee s- smells, you know, you can tell you're getting close because you can smell the coffee. You can hear the do- people coming in and out of the doorway. And so I went in, got my coffee, started back towards the school, um, got a little bit lost, but a sighted person who was used to seeing blind people walking around said, here, here, you know, you need to come a little bit more this way. And so he said, um, are you new to the school? And I said, yeah and he said oh oh you'll get better you'll get used to it you know and so i made my way back to the school and in into the school and i made it and that was after getting sucked in by mm-hmm. the car wash Good for so. you that's you good i yeah. yes <laughs> i am that shows
1: your resilience right <laughs> yeah. so i'm going to jump in with a quick story um I was with a friend and we were at the ferry terminal we were going to take at the it was in Seattle and we were going to take a passenger only ferry and it was not a dock that we were familiar with and so we were trying to find where to go to wait and we were wandering on a well it was like a a, um, like a boardwalk of some sort you know it was wooden as we're walking and and um it has to be around here somewhere, you know, we're looking for this, uh, area. And, uh, I, all of a sudden we gone down a little slope and then it leveled off and my dog stopped dead in her tracks. And, uh, he also had a dog and we were telling our dogs to hop up. My dog wouldn't go. And he's like, just keep going forward. I said, no, I'm turning around. She's not going any further. She won't move and I'm going to trust her. So we turned back around and we, we, found a um covered area and sat down and we're waiting because we didn't hear any boats or anything you know and all of a sudden somebody walks by and says excuse me I didn't know you guys I didn't see your dogs I saw you guys wandering down there you were right on the edge of the pier and there was no fence or anything uh it was, there was a rope, but not a fence. So if we had, if we had continued on, we likely would have fallen off. And, uh, so that was just an opportunity for me to remember, to listen to my dog. And I'm really glad I did. Uh, and we didn't have to go swimming that day in the Puget Sound. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do we have anybody else with their hand
4: raised? We do. All right. Wes, you should be able to unmute.
6: What well, I was going to say the the situation where I feel like I'm most independent, it's like my own, like, familiar areas or my own neighborhood where I can get up, put on my shoes, grab my trusty stick, and just go by road. You know, don't think about street names or street on nothing. Like, I know I can tell my building, take a left out the door, walk a few blocks. Yeah. I see a brick building on my right, the Bridgeport Brewery. The next one after has a big curb silver sign above the door, the Safeway. You know, I'm there, you know I am that's yep. where so it's
1: what's familiar, right? As, as the ladies have said, buses,
6: yeah. No, nothing. But yeah. believe me, I am pretty good with using buses too, and I have gotten somewhat, maybe a little bit, good about going to other longer distances, other further, uh, further places that involve the use of an airplane. And but man, it's like I don't know. But I'm like, I'm kind of like a. I, may say I'm a nervous mess, like, before I go, I'm like, look at Google Maps, I'm using Google Street View, I'm like contacting a city's, you know, transit system, and usually I'm with organizations that are pretty good at picking hotel venues near public transit and providing a lot of information, you know, even about certain bus and stuff that need to be taken to get there to get to and from the airport, so that's like a, you know, a strike, you know, for me, and for one thing, but still, it's like, I'm just, totally researched it over before i go you know find out what addresses to put in my you know my navigation apps everything and hack at one time i'm kind of a little bit maybe almost <laughs> someone should be a little bit proud of myself i was able to pull out of a bad i got lost situation in an unfamiliar familiar city but it's like i was in kansas city and i knew i had to get on hop on the streetcar and then get off the union station stop You know, then I get off the Union Station, hang a, you know, take a left from, you know, opposite from the direction of the streetcar's head and then across the street. And, uh, you know, there's my hotel. And so I'm on the streetcar. I hear it call out Union Station, the uh, stop announcement system. So I got off the streetcar and I got out and I looked around and then totally looked totally different than what from Google Street View showed me. You know, this large cement building was the Union Station. There was a sky bridge across the street that went to the hotel. But I got, got out there and there's none of that. You know, so here's a situation some guy with a white cane, to, with a suitcase in tow, you know, and you can, any local could tell this guy's like, not like not from around, around here, you know. Sure. you know. And it's like, so I got out. I think it was the, I remember, I think it was nearby Explorer. Then I brought up on my phone, you know, I had the address of the hotel in, and I started checking it, and it indicated that the hotel was further ahead, and so I just started walking, you know, to get to the hotel, and you know, and and before I knew it, during the be
1: quick here, Wes, we're going to end. Talking,
6: you know, there was the Sky Bridge to get to my hotel, but talking about the stress level, just taking a nosedive when you open yep. up. that Figure out know, where that is. So well, I'm glad
1: you were able to make it there.
6: Amazing. so. So
1: thank you, Wes. All right. Ladies, um, I, I'm just wondering if you could give a, any kind of a, a message to people who are out in our communities who are sighted. Like, what would that message be about um, encountering people who are using a cane or a dog? Um, would there be, do you have a message for them?
0: Anybody? Cindy, this is Peggy. Yeah, Peggy. And I I would say to them that the most important thing is to remember that a person who is blind is a person first. And for the most part, we're not different than anybody else in society. We have hopes. We have dreams. We have desires. We like to go places and do things regardless of the fact that we can't see. Uh, We still like to live life and so don't be afraid if you have a question ask the person that question because that's the best way to get your questions answered (laughs) Um, but just just treat them like you would treat anybody else Uh, I've met people who have just basically walked up to me and started talking asking me about the cane they know someone who needs one Uh, how did I get it where did I get it and I've developed some really good friendships because when they brought those people in to actually sit down and talk or or come into our organization, uh, you just never know who you're going to meet or where you're going to meet. Them. So I say keep an open mind. Just keep an open mind and don't be afraid to ask the person questions.
1: All right, thank you, Peggy. Anybody else want to share? You Can share, Sarah. Go ahead, Min, and
2: then Sarah. Oh, sure. okay. Um. I think the biggest thing that I would tell side of people and I tell this to new side of friends that I meet all the time is, you know, treat us like you would anybody else on the street. And this um, goes to traveling like you wouldn't grab somebody you didn't know, you know, by the shoulder, by the arm, whatever it is to um, communicate with them. So don't do that to us just if you see that we need assistance or that we like the, you know, going somewhere that you think may be dangerous, um, talk to us, use your words. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I think we've all been in that situation, um, where we, you know, are grabbed and that's just Mm. concerning and can be dangerous, honestly. Um, you you don't know what kind of medical conditions somebody has. They could have balance problems. I've had people grab me on the stairs. That's just unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, like talk to us um, like you would anybody else, and you know don't grab people. <laughs> respect
1: respect our space, right? Yes, exactly. Our, our mm-hmm. space. Yeah, it, it
3: boils exactly. down to respect. Yeah, it does. All right, Sarah, we got 2 minutes left. What, what you got okay. for us? Well, I I'm very much on the same page as uh, Peggy and, and men. Just talk to us like uh normal people like you would anybody else and and uh you don't have to talk to us in a baby talk. I sometimes they do that. Mm-hmm. And uh yes, don't, you know, grab or try I've had people try to grab the dog's my dog's leash or the harness you know don't interfere but yeah I mean if 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 you think we need assistance um you could certainly ask and we could say yes or no and um and also you know if you're talking to someone that is blind whether you just met them or your friend And you, the your sighted person, walks away. You know, just say, "Okay, um, I'm going to go over and talk to so and so, or I'm leaving the table now, or something." Just to let us know that you've left, instead of because sometimes we think you're still there, and we we don't want to talk to the air or the chair, (laughs) the The counter, in the wall. (laughs) Just, just, just treat us like anybody else and and also um one of the best advices that i got when i lost my vision suddenly 20 years ago is you know you you be your own advocate um you're the you're the best advocate for for you so don't be afraid to sure get out there and try new things
1: you know i i shared the story uh this morning with our coffee social that uh I started using my cane on a regular basis when somebody thought that I was drunk Um, Mm. (laughs) when I walked from the bar where I was playing darts to go use the restroom and I trailed the bar stools and then went down the hall to the restroom and came back and my sister was bartending at the time and said that somebody had asked her to cut me off and um and then I started using my cane and she's like what is that and I'm like uh I would rather people know I'm blind than think I'm blind drunk so you know I think uh and I of course I use a guide dog now and But, you know, there are times that you use the cane and or the dog. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that we just need to be comfortable in our own skin and, you know, utilize the tools that are available to us. And thank heavens we have canes and dogs to assist us and uh, that we can learn uh, routes and, and, you know, grow in our independence and and ask for help when we need to so thank you ladies so much for uh, being here with us and for you listening on acb radio and and of course for those who are here in uh as attendees we appreciate you and uh, hope you enjoyed white cane day and thank you Darrow, for streaming and nat for hosting have a great evening everybody and thank thanks- you can we see you, you in a year from now doing
3: this again? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> All right. Good
1: night.